0: Garden in line here on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. I'm your host, Tammy Martin. It is Pensacola Expert Panel. Like every Tuesday, if you have a question, you want to send us a picture.
1: We like it. We
0: love it. 437 1620. 437 1620. You can call or text. We had um, a caller just a second ago call and let you know that traffic is backed up to Woodbine. I believe that there is a car in the water.
1: That's what I heard. Candy yeah. was reporting that in the last hour. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so and we just had a call. We car the ar- water there. Yes. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. We appreciate you calling well, in and no letting us hurt. know.
1: Hope everybody's okay.
0: Yes. And um, so just make sure you it's, it, pack your patience. Right. <laughs> patience. Just like on Blue Angels Saturday.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were, I was going to ask you how, how much you enjoyed the Blue Angels. Oh. I did not make it out there this year. I've mm-hmm. hardly ever missed it, ever, because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. It's so great. So great for our area and oh, tourism, and, yes, and not absolutely. just tourism. Our, our folks that live here, we all love it. Mm-hmm. But um, it sounded like it might have been a little bit of a challenge on Saturday <laughs> with the weather. Yes. With the traffic accident yes. on the bridge. Yes. Yes, to all, all the above. <laughs> exactly. But,
0: but is okay. it, does it deter me from going back? Absolutely not. Of course not. Of <laughs> course not.
1: You're I all... can
0: sit in traffic for five hours, and I'm still going back next year. You, so. <laughs> you bet. You bet. You know, one thing we're going to talk about, blue. Light. we're going to get to the garden line. Um, one thing I had a big conversation with a client yesterday was the price gouging on the parking.
1: Oh, really? Oh, I, I heard, I heard that hun- was not a hun- good one. I read $100 for one spot somewhere. 150
0: in places.
1: 150 no kidding.
0: Yes, my client told me I'm never buying from this place and this place <laughs> and this place ever again, and I spend thousands of dollars out here because that looks, it's just bad business, and it looks bad on us. Of course. You know, that visitors are coming in, you're spending, anyway, that's a whole other subject, but yeah, that was a,
1: a little bit of a, an important subject. There was you a little bit is. of an. Sting. I, I have a feeling that might be addressed by the um.
0: I'm thinking it might be. I hope Santa it Rosa is. Those island authority folks. Yeah. Um, before, Price before, gouging is not, cool. Next year. not we, cool. We're in hurricane season. Cool Price gouging is not cool. So, anyway. <laughs> anyway, it, it was um. It was a fact. I mean, you don't ever get over watching the blues. I mean, no, you, you don't. But it's in amazing. that heat
1: and with that kind of dangerous weather, I thought it was good news. Just so many there were not that many people adversely affected you know, with the heat or with traffic. So it was great news.
0: Yes. Great news. Absolutely. It was wonderful. I went on Friday Mm -hmm. and got to catch the whole show on Friday, and then I worked it with news radio on Saturday. It's a little hotter on Saturday, and, of course, they said there's record numbers Mm -hmm. this year. 61,000 cars went through the toll bridge, um, and you could see it. I mean, there was not literally a piece of – land. There were, was not a car there. Oh, it no. was insane. Um, But, you know, I love just the atmosphere. Oh, you know, when cool. Fat Albert comes over and everyone's like, yay! Pretty I mean, cool. you get, like so it's excited. It's, oh, no doubt
1: about it. Yeah, well, it's great. That, well, that's great. There's no doubt about it. It is great. You know, um, kind of shifting into gardening a little mm-hmm. bit, into the weather, um, my goodness, you know, we, we had all that rain earlier on. And now we seem to be having rain every afternoon. Um, we do. Not just, mm-hmm. you know, little summer showers, some pretty strong storms. And I, I checked the weather. And it looks like the chances of that type of thunderstorms, if you will, mm-hmm. is going to decrease as we move into the week. It, and the, temp- the temperatures are going to oh, um, jump back up it's just into, murky uh, into the mid-90s. So. But that's, that's Pensacola in July. Yeah, it, you it know, is. And, and I don't, that really doesn't bother me at all. But like we always say on the garden line this time of year, is when we do get into those storms with the lightning, mm-hmm. obviously avoid that. I mean, that mm-hmm. goes without saying. But in that heat, be so careful. You know, hydrate, drink a lot of water. Right. Um, wear a hat. Um, work in the morning, work in the late afternoon, don't work during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, during the midday, if you will. Um, because we need you too bad on the garden. Absolutely. We and need everybody safe and healthy.
0: That's right. Um, my brother's had heat stroke before. Oh, really? Yep, and you can shut some organs down quick with that. So definitely don't take it lightly.
1: Yeah, back, back in my running days, way back when, I'll never forget, um, there were some races. This is very early on when mm-hmm. people just kind of started running. The um, people had scheduled in July, like at nine o'clock, mm-hmm. and um, they literally had to haul some people <laughs> haul off. Some people because off because <laughs> it was so dangerous. They've learned. Uh. We have them now at seven o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. which is smart.
0: We had our friend Greg text in. Good morning, Greg. He said, "Good morning." Morning, Greg. Um, your thoughts on bagging grass clippings or not?
1: Yeah, Th- you know, that, that is a great question, and you could kind of look at it two ways. Um, one, the state will recommend to you that you do not bag them. Let them mm-hmm. recycle back into the yard because they say two things. One, that it, they add a little bit of nutrients back to your lawn, which is good. But also, it saves those clippings going to the landfill. Okay, well, that's good. That's environmentally correct, mm-hmm. and that's, that's good. The other side of that coin is, um, I've always thought, especially if you've got a weed problem, that if you recycle that grass back into your lawn, then what happens is you are recycling those weed seeds back into the yard. Um, personally, I collect mine, and I think my yard does better for it. Also, one last thing about that. If you are, have been on vacation, let's say this time of year, for say a week and a half, you come back and your lawn is very, very high. And, of course, you don't want to cut off more than a third. But um, if you've been on vacation, you don't have much choice. And you leave all those grass clippings on the lawn. Sometimes it can, it can smother the lawn a little bit. And one last thing, uh-huh. if you've had a little bit of fungus in the yard, um, sometimes it can recycle that. So um, you can look at it two ways. Okay. One, you can um, leave them there. And like I say, the folks at the, the experts at the state with the extension service will tell you that's the thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I collect mine. Okay. I do.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, we trust you. Forty oh. years of landscaping, Mike. <laughs> you know, please, you know please, what you're talking about. I believe it. Don't be so,
1: quick. I don't be so quick. But <laughs> I, I just think my yard does better when I collect.
0: Absolutely. If you're just now tuning in, you're listening to News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm your host, Tammy Martin. It's the Pensacola Expert Panel. It's our wonderful Tuesday with Mike Wiggins, The Garden Line. Always a joy to have Mike on. He has 40 years of landscaping experience. If you have a question about your grass, your flowers, the trees, send us a picture.
1: We we love the picture. We Uh, love the picture. Or just a text. Or just a text. With the question. It's
0: good. 437-1620. You can call or text. Um, And then let's see. We had um, Henry text in, wasn't the outdoor bar near Margaritaville charging $250 <laughs> to park?
1: I don't know He that. said,
0: think you get two free beer- beverages with the parking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you better no. gave me more than two beverages. <laughs> <laughs> for, for
1: two and a half. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely Margaritaville
0: right. better give me a night. <laughs> <laughs> that's leave. insane. It I is. really hope that's not true. I don't know. Well wow. I
1: can't believe if they were charging that that there were too many people parking nope. there. I just, nope. you know, people pull in how much? Two mm-hmm. fifty? Yeah. Goodbye. So I got gone. there
0: at five o'clock in the morning. And it was all booked up. Everything's booked up. And I, the first time doing it with news radio, I didn't know I could show a pass to get into media uh-huh. parking. Right. So I finally go up to the police officer, but there is a couple standing there and they're like, I can't believe they're charging. 100. Like, he, they were, I'm like, he was like, oh, shaking his head. I'm like, sir, <laughs> sir, <laughs> can I get in there? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. It was just fabulous. <laughs> well,
1: we, we all have to remember that it's on a barrier island. Yeah. You know, there just isn't that much room. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the trolleys going yeah, there from, was trolleys from, from yeah from poor like that mm-hmm. really make a lot of sense
0: absolutely they really absolutely do, so good for them yes so okay
1: we we've got some things to talk about uh, we want to finish up very briefly our conversation on lawn varieties okay remember how we did that last yes. last week yeah yeah um, there's one we left off and a couple of things we left off in that discussion okay we're so going to we take a quick break yeah we're yeah. going to take
0: a quick break and then we're going to get back to lawn varieties lawn that's varieties- good and also
1: a quick word mm-hmm. about the birds.
0: <gasps> the birds the birds the yeah. birds the audubon society audubon society i've got
1: i've got one interesting fact okay. about our local audubon society i realize that's not digging in the dirt yeah. but it kind of fits in the garden and it's july you're prepping to, them because they're coming on the show
0: soon so oh
1: i know i talked to the president did you oh yeah i told him it's gonna be on a good down. time Come on it's gonna down. be
0: a good time you're listening to pensacola Echo. tuesday morning you're listening to news radio 92.3 informative local and dependable i'm your host tammy martin with the pensacola expert panel it is the garden line with mike wiggins Our my favorite day of the week Line two. yeah it's wonderful <laughs> no, uh, if you have a question comment 437-1620 we'd love to hear from you this morning um, i had a friend text in is it okay to put dolomite lime on st augustine grass this time of year
1: uh, the short answer to that is absolutely it's a good time to do it Keep in mind that the reason we're putting dolomite lime on St. Augustine is that St. Augustine likes kind of a neutral pH, if you will, and this brings our acid soil, it sweetens it up a little bit. That's not very scientific, but that's kind of what happens. And so if you do that, put that lime on there, that um, St. Augustine grass is able to absorb the nutrients from the fertilizer you put on there. But that also brings up, we talked about this last week, that if you're going to put the lime on, and this is a great mm-hmm. time to do it, but it's also a great time to put on that fertilizer on your St. Augustine grass, a midsummer uh, feeding, if you will. Um, but you don't want to do the lime and then your fertilizer within two weeks of each other. They kind of tie each other up. A lot of people say, this is So wait.
0: how long do you wait?
1: Two weeks. Oh, you wait, wait two weeks. Wait, wait two weeks. A lot of people say, oh, man, this is great. I can put on fertilizer, then get the lime and put that on top of that, water it all in, and I'm finished with it. Uh, No, don't do it that way. But the lime is important. Now, do you need lime on St. Augustine? The only way to tell for sure is to get a soil test, which tells you what the pH is. And most soil tests will tell you, yes, you need lime and you need this much lime. There's life, and it's like, mm-hmm. you don't have time right. to dig up the sample and take it and all of that. I tell people if you haven't put lime on um, this year, you know, so be it. Do it next year. Mm-hmm. Every two years, maybe every three years is, is a pretty good schedule to put lime on. Now, you need to put that summer kick, if you will, for St. Augustine on every year. But the lime, you could wait and do it next year, if you will. Um, our lawns are looking great. So, and oh, like yeah. we said last week, 16 inches of rain will make your lawns look really, really good. But be so careful because, as we said last week, I hate to repeat myself, mm-hmm. that in Pensacola, you can snap your fingers and we'll dry up so fast. And once we do, with our sandy soil, you need to watch your watering. Okay. You know, we had the water on last week, if you remember. This week, not so much with all this rain we're getting. So, um, supposedly the rain's going to slack off. Let's hope so. But okay. anyway, dolomite lime, yes. Dolomite lime comes in a bag. It's granular. Granular dolomite lime, and one bag as a rule. If you don't have that soil test telling you how much to put on per square feet, mm-hmm. about one bag, about a forty-pound bag, over maybe a thousand square feet, a little bit more. So it's, it's you're putting out a fair amount mm-hmm. when you do it. So Anyway, that's the dolomite thank lime you. story. Perfect. Absolutely. Awesome. What we were talking about mm-hmm. last week was grass variety. Yeah, then, what did we
0: talk about last week? Zoysia?
1: Well, here we go. We started with centipede.
0: Are you happy I remembered that, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> you're mad. Well, you're
1: amazing. I, Augustine, Zoysia, centipede. I was going to ask at the blue, <laughs> like blue Angel show, did people come up and ask you gardening?
0: <laughs> no, thank goodness. Oh, I can't believe it. I would have made some word up, though, because they <laughs> wouldn't have known if it was real. <laughs> Good point. Mike That's, says all these fancy words, and I'm like, okay, whatever you say.
1: You're not saying we make all that up. No, he time. doesn't.
0: He doesn't. But I don't <laughs> be so sure.
1: Okay, here we go. Where were we? We were centipede grass. Okay. Okay. And, centipede. And we're not going to repeat everything we said last week. Just remember, it's less expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it likes this acid soil. So if you've got centipede grass, forget the lime. You don't need to do it. It's not important. It does have a longevity problem. It's for seven, ten years or so. Um, Sometimes it's about had it. You'll get these big spots coming out after the winter, mm-hmm. and not much one can do about that. So that's centipede. Mm-hmm. Um, so watch your traffic on it. St. Augustine, we talked about that, a great color. Um, there are different varieties. I think if you're going out to buy it, I noticed that Turf has one called Classic mm-hmm. St. Augustine. It's a good variety. Um, you got to have the lime like we just talked about. So St. Augustine is good. Uh, People will say that St. Augustine grass is perfect for the shade. Uh, Not so much. Okay. Every turf grass we talk about desires full blaring sun. Anything else, not so good. You can get away with it sometimes if you have smaller trees and you put your St. Augustine in and the trees and the grass kind of grow up together. They kind of acclimate each other. But to put any turf grass into heavy shade sodding if you will Mm -hmm. is probably not the thing to do so saint augustine is is still one of the favorites but because of all the disease problems it's had the rhizoctonia it's one of our great words the rhizoctonia fungus (laughs) absolutely brown patch fungus and then of course the new one which is horrible sounding is the take all fungus which
0: take all Well, what is it? Good point. Yeah. (laughs) It it takes it it all. It takes it all. And how much
1: you can do. So people have moved to, your word, started out with.
0: Zoysia. Zoysia. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, absolutely, Zoysia is a great grass. like I'm in elementary school. Can,
0: <laughs> and what's the word, class? What's
1: the word today?
0: Zoysia. <laughs> Zoysia.
1: Yeah, don't try to spell it. I was going to say, how do we spell it? We're not going to spell it. But Zoysia is great. So it's obviously a lower-growing grass, a very thin-bladed grass, and you treat it fertilized, fertilizer-wise very similar to St. Augustine. Um, but it's it's the grass of choice in Pensacola right now. Mm-hmm. And whereas we. St Augustine four inches centipede three inches we can go four inches on on zoysia I mean two inches on zoysia
0: so it zoysia I think is your best bet right it's your it's
1: your best bet right now okay. one we left off last week because we ran out of our ran out of time was bahia which is a very interesting grass um, bahia comes in two varieties Argentine bahia mm-hmm. and Pensacola bahia
0: so we are going to take a quick break here on the garden line and, and we will talk about bahia right after the break let's do it. Sugar, oh, honey, honey, you are my candy girl, and you got me wanting you. Welcome back. I hope you're having a fantastic Tuesday. We're having a fun time in the studio. It is The Garden Line with Mike Wiggins. If you have a question, comment, 437-1620. You're listening to News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. We were talking about Bahia is that how you say it? Bahia. Bahia grass. Look, it I'm comes, doing good. It comes in
1: two varieties, basically. Pensacola bahia, believe it or not, not just because here in Pensacola, that's the statewide name, Pensacola bahia, and Argentine bahia. Uh-huh. There's a little difference between the two. The Argentine mm-hmm. bahia grows a little thicker. The Pensacola bahia is a little looser, if you will. Um, but the Pensacola bahia is the worst about sending up those shoots. Mm-hmm. sends up shoots with a little seed head on the top. Argentine bahia will do that, but not quite as bad. Argentine bahia has been used sometime in South Florida because it just doesn't get the insects and the bugs and the, mm-hmm. the mole crickets. That's one reason a lot of people planted it down there. But I would not recommend it. You can seed it, and it'll come up. But I'll tell you right now, you can mow it on Saturday morning and wake up Sunday morning and say... I gotta go mow my lawn. Really? Oh, it's amazing. It grows so fast. It's the best used on interstate right of ways. The Department of Transportation plants a bunch of it. But if my memory serves me correctly, somebody may prove me wrong, Washington High School over by Sam's in that Mm -hmm. neighborhood was Argentine Bahia when they built that school. I assume it still is. Neat. In any event, if you want to see what it looks like, go back to school. There you (laughs) go.
0: (laughs) Stick around. We have another half hour of the Garden Line. If you have any questions, you want to send us pictures. wonderful tuesday thank you so much for tuning in we love having you listen this morning it's news radio 92 3 informative local and dependable i'm your host tammy martin it's the pensacola expert panel i'm here with mike wiggins for the garden line so get your gardening questions in 437-1620 that's 437-1620 we do have a phone call this morning mike good. let's do it good morning how are you oh maybe not we did for a second That's okay. That's okay. They'll be back. They'll be back. They can text. 437-1620.
1: Right. I think we need to talk about a weed. Okay. We have been asked to look at. Um, And before we Mm -hmm. go there, I do want to thank Malcolm. Yes. On the fourth of July, Uh came out on the fourth of July and did um, a show with us. It was great. The second hour after Mm -hmm. the Garden Line, and um, Malcolm is great. He is you know, a he said great, the same
0: thing about you, Mike.
1: Well, that's sweet. But he he um, he's just a great radio guy. He really mm-hmm. is. Fun to talk to. We talked about everything from um, weeds in his yard to um, the monarchy in England. Right.
0: <laughs> we did go from weeds to monarchy rather we quickly. Did. We did.
1: It was kind of fun. <laughs> Malcolm's the expert on that.
0: He truly is. But, yeah. but
1: anyway, um, at a meeting I went to yesterday, he showed me a, the picture of this weed he was talking about. And it's very, very similar to what a texture just sent us coming right out of the center of his yard yeah, uh,
0: a friend text in last week someone called about green shoots i have these and i believe if left alone they become palmetto bushes
1: but i think that's probably correct insofar as i even have those in a flower bed in my house and they come up and they they obviously they kind of clump up if you will and um, they are a the of uh, just palm palmetto palm if you will that will come up wild uh-huh. now now in Malcolm's yard, the pictures look very similar to what was just sent to us. Yeah, they did. But, is, it but, is. but mm-hmm. there's one other option there for Malcolm's yard. Okay. Um, there's a weed called Johnson grass. Now, all our gardeners out there that know about Johnson grass will say, Mike, you're crazy, because they grow tall. Mm-hmm. So Johnson grass will grow very tall. But they're in Malcolm's yard, and he mows it all the time. So it looks like it could be an immature Johnson grass coming up in Malcolm's yard. So Malcolm, you got two choices here. One, you got the palmetto palm, that's possible. Uh-huh. Then you've got the Johnson grass. What we need is a real sample because from that picture it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, but we need a real sample. So we need to tell Malcolm when he comes to see you next Monday to dig to one bring up, one, bring, bring one up, yeah, up leave it that. here, and then we'll go from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that'd be so, great.
1: Anyway, I um I thought that was, that was very interesting because it's really two very different right um weeds if you will coming right. up right absolutely uh, different names so we'll we'll see what um what Malcolm brings in.
0: So Paul just chimed in. And Good when, morning, Paul with Blue Sky Landscaping. He said his he has these books. He sent me pictures of that he's going to start reading. Wildflowers of Florida is one of them.
1: I've seen it. Yes.
0: Florida incredible wild edible. I can't read it, but I'm sure it's like edible flowers. Um, Transforming Florida Yards in Florida Fruit and Vegetable Gardening. That's some good reads. That is, that is some good reads. That's some yeah, good read. that's fun. That's exciting. Thanks, Paul.
1: I've always been a little leery of the edible flowers and mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Plants. I tell you about my daughter who was out on um, um, recess just eating flowers out there, and the teacher's like, let's don't do that. <laughs> let's, don't, let's
1: don't do that. It, it, I mean, the, exactly the kid right. with
0: her was like, that's, yeah. you can eat that flower. <laughs> exact,
1: it's like it's like oleander. Oh, we'll just eat uh, an oleander. No. Let's don't. No, it's very poisonous. And remember we talked about mm-hmm. castor plants.
0: Oh, yeah, we did.
1: Mm-hmm. Which you saw um, yeah. up in Georgia, wasn't it? That where you went and saw the...
0: It wasn't me. I think it, it was one you. of our listeners. Yeah, it
1: could have been one of our listeners. I
0: think, oh, I, no, it was um, Tennessee. That's right. It was yeah. Paul. Paul. Paul
1: was... Yes, exactly, he went up there. Pic- that's exactly right. Sent us a picture of the, the castor plant, which is very mm-hmm. pretty. But yeah. Super, super poisonous. So... Mm-hmm.
0: And I have another question. Yeah. A friend texts in, what can I do about Virginia buttonweed? At this point, I'm ready to round up the entire yard and start over. Laugh out loud. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, I a, would be there, too, That's, with a, that's you. a good, good question.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, there's a chemical called carfinazone. Um, somewhere you buy it, it's called weed zone. It's called carfinazone, which is an ingredient in a weed killer which makes it a selective weed killer. In other words, it will not kill the grass, huh. but it will help control that Virginia buttonweed. Now, Virginia buttonweed is an interesting weed. It does have little white flowers on it, mm-hmm. and so you can easily identify it. That's the good news. There is um, products. There are products out there. That will control it. and But you need to look on the label. Okay. Read the label because it will tell you. If it doesn't say Virginia buttonweed, it probably isn't what you want to use. But look in the fine print and look up carfenisone. So, but the bad, that's the good news. The bad news is there's absolutely no way you should be spraying any of those um, weed killers on your lawn this time of year. You've got to leave them on the shelf until we get cooler, probably into October because you just don't want to do it, because it can burn your yard, it can kill your yard mm-hmm. on the areas where you spray it so quickly. So even though you want to do it and you see the weeds, you just got to hold off until we get into cooler weather. Also, for that Virginia buttonweed, I'm going to go way back in time here, on um, last, say, last November, mm-hmm. You could have used your pre-emergence, like atrazine, to keep weeds from coming up. Use it in November and okay. then February, and maybe that would have helped control the population of that Virginia buttonweed. But it's a broadleaf weed, and that chemical carfentrazone is good, just not this time of year.
0: Yeah, I've looked it up. Carfentrazone herbicide Carf- active ingredient. Uh, hey, carfentrazone ethyl yeah. is a is a contact herbicide. So um, that's it. Yes, that is it. I will copy and paste oh. for this listener because that's a long word. <laughs> but it, it is, it is, a,
1: it is a very common weed. But and I and I will tell you this, and I. Maybe it's just because I know you more.
0: <laughs> I wonder if fire would work.
1: <laughs> oh, that's, oh no, no, that's you know some people will control you know as opposed to using chemical they'll they'll try to burn. Yeah. they've got an area they I want to kill. I think
0: our <laughs> listener's over it. I think she might want to just burn it up.
1: Well, just don't burn already, down. Just I don't, don't burn down your garage. Yeah. you know that's what has always worried me about people with these uh, taking control of weeds with fire. That's, I don't uh, know, I've
0: been to that point before with certain oh, things. <laughs> oh, I
1: understand, I understand you, you just kind of get a little frustrated frustrated, with it. yes. Exactly, so anyway, um, carfenazone is what mm-hmm. you do and use it probably in October. Okay, Absol- perfect. Absolutely, so that's that's what we need to do. Um, one other thing I wanted to talk yes. about, and we might, I hope we have time to do this um, I want to talk about citrus. last winter, obviously mm-hmm. with 19 degrees we had a lot of citrus that was damaged, mm-hmm. and so what some people have recommended is building not building but being um, aware of a microclimate. Okay that sounds really scientific. But if you're going to grow citrus there are places in your yard that are microclimates that are better for citrus insofar as resisting damage from the cold. Mm-hmm. So um, when we get back, um, there's a little list of them. I'm going to list them here because I think a lot of people are replanting citrus because of all the fruit trees and, mm-hmm. and, and citrus trees and that type of thing. You can really get the best bang for your buck production-wise from citrus trees if they're planted in the right place okay. and if they're not affected by the cold. Now, this list comes from one of my favorite nurseries ever, the Tallahassee Nursery. If you go to Tallahassee, stop by Tallahassee Nurseries. It is a great retail establishment, and I think you will really enjoy the visit. They do a great job and have been doing a great job for decades.
0: Amazing. But
1: this is this is a list, um, and it goes under the heading of: Is it too cold up here in Tallahassee to grow citrus? <laughs> and the answer to that question is no. Um, but if you do this microclimate investigation you might do better so there, we'll hit a couple of those points when we come back
0: absolutely so we're going to um, talk about how we can grow citrus in our area i think absolutely. it's fantastic if you have a question comment 437-1620 you're listening to news radio 92.3 informative local dependable we'll be back with more right after the break Hello. Hello. Hi, Mike. How are you? I don't know I'm what just happened. I'm doing great today, Tammy.
1: How are you doing? I just
0: looked at him and the music stopped, so <laughs> here we are. Hey, can't
1: let the music stop.
0: That was a good song.
1: <laughs> better, better they cut me off in the music.
0: This uh, computer over here is just having a good time with me well, this week so far, I, well, and it's okay. We're just working you. through it, I got but you. Um, that's okay. Welcome back. It's Welcome Tuesday. Back. It's the Garden Line here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm your host, Tammy Martin, here on the Pensacola Expert Panel. I'm here with Mike Wiggins.
1: We've only got about a little less than 10 minutes to go. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about the microclimates. We have a phone call, but I've also, after the phone call, okay. we have got to talk about the birds and a program teaser for August the 1st, which is coming up. So we need to, to talk about that too. Okay. So Okay. So Tammy, let's talk fast. Take it away. Okay. <laughs> so, we'll do a phone call first.
0: <laughs> Good morning. How are you? I am great, except I've got a 15-year-old grapefruit tree that has uh, grapefruit on it that are dropping. They're about the size of a baseball. Why are they growing so small and dropping so fast?
1: Hard, hard to say. You know, you want to blame that on the environment. You, you really can't blame bugs or fungus or that, that type of thing. You know, you have to look, is it too, yeah. hot? Is it too hot, too cold, too wet, too dry, some of that you might blame yes. it on all the rain all the rain we've had that could be possible the intense heat we had for a while that too is possible but the other thing that might get you on that is if you have fertilized it and maybe fertilized it a little heavy that will generally make nope. that'll make blossom drop on some plants fruit drop maybe not so much but something on that order but if you've done nothing different now here's what you got to ask yourself we've had all this rain but we've also had that period where it was kind of dry and it was very hot. I hope you're keeping enough water on that plant. That's kind of silly yep. after all the rain we've had, you know, in the last couple of days. But if you're putting enough water on it and are not over fertilizing it, I think we're just going to have to blame it on the weather, on the environment. Um, and it could be, a okay. var- and it could be a variety difference. Is it a new tree? Is it brand new or is it?
0: No. Uh, no, it's about a 15-year-old tree that was started from a seed, and I have never seen a bloom on the tree. But three years ago, it gave me a lot of fruit, and with each subsequent year, there's less fruit and no blooms. Yeah. I'm not – I just can't understand how well, that happens.
1: exactly. Sometimes when you plant uh, by seed, you just really don't yeah. know – you don't know what you're going to get. Because, see, most citrus trees, right. when you go to the garden center and buy a citrus tree – it's a grafted tree. It's got a rootstock, which has been developed to make it a strong, stronger tree. Then the top of it is a variety. If you start planting anything, like even camellias, with seed, you just don't know what you're going to get. So this may be yeah. what, I, what I said a minute ago. It may be a variety that is just going to do that. Um, but if you've had fruit well, before and it's, you know, it's tasted good and well, generally, um yep. It, it, it doesn't work that way. But I bet it's a variety problem. I do, coupled with the weather.
0: That very well could be. And listen, thanks a lot. Oh, I appreciate th- it. Th- thank well, you, for, you so much for, for calling. Listening. We
1: appreciate that. Okay. You ready to go? Off yes. uh, Magic date coming up, August 1st. Okay. You're going to have representatives from the Francis M. Yes. Weston Audubon Society.
0: Super excited about this. This is which um, is the bird, the, the, the bird society,
1: the bird society, the bird watching society. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, you read me who, some of the folks that are coming, and it really is um, people that know exactly what they're talking about. This is a huge hobby for many, many people in Pensacola. But I didn't know it. It's amazing. Um, I noticed that Jim Brady, mm-hmm. the the president, is going to be with you. I was kind of classified Jim Brady. As one of the smartest guys in the room. Really? Oh, he is a great guy, smart as he can be. He knows these birds. He knows about all about the Audubon Society. You're gonna really enjoy and, it.
0: And you are welcome to stick around after the garden line and listen they, in. They don't
1: want me. They've got <laughs> they got the experts here. I did want to say one thing. Oh, this was interesting about bird watch. Okay. I just gotta add this. Um they had in nine in twelve last year, twenty twenty two, the one hundred and twenty third Christmas bird count report you ready for this Uh i'm gonna i'm gonna read a sentence i don't usually like to read to you but i'll do it anyway on a windy chilly and partly cloudy day 10 teams set out to cover 11 areas all within a 15 mile diameter 25 participants logged 82 miles of bird watching while traveling by car golf cart etc accumulating 420 miles they logged 113 species for a grand total of 9,900 birds.
0: Wow! I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I,
1: when you have them on, ask them about that. That's that's just phenomenal. But it does show you that it is a major major hobby in pensacola that i think our garden line listeners might want to tune in they're going to follow me they're going to follow you on august the the Mm first so they are i hope you enjoy that oh it's going to be a great time i'm super excited about it yeah Yeah,
0: i think it's going to be so fun people coming so that's great we're going to take a break here on the pensacola expert panel it is the garden line with mike wiggins you can call or text 437-1620 when we get back we're going to try to touch on citrus growing in pensacola yes
1: Wow! I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't I feel good.
0: Martin Line here on the Pensacola Expert Panel. I'm your host, Tammy Martin. It's News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I have Mike Wiggins with me. He has been um, landscaping for 40 years. So many years, but so Long much time. wisdom. So wise. If you have a question, comment <laughs> 437-1620. So we were going to talk a little bit before we get uh, finish about, it up about on citrus. my mi-
1: micro microclimates. And we may have to yes. take this into next week. Okay. Um, and to set this up, uh, the folks in Tallahassee wrote this and they they indicate that there is a degree of risk Mm -hmm. um, growing citrus in North Florida just simply because of of the weather, the freezes. Um, But they also say that the financial stakes are rather small, Mm -hmm. the price of buying citrus, while the potential rewards um, can be exceptional because they say compared to other fruit production in our Uh area, citrus is one of the easiest crops to get a large yield. Okay, so... Microclimates are a very important concept, and here's why. Locations just a few feet apart can have different temperatures at the same time. Buildings, water, the ground, earth, if you will, all absorb heat um, at different rates. While exposed areas, like big fields, if you will, um, lose heat faster um, due to where they are. So, But you can build this, might not build, but recognize this microclimate in your own yard when you plant your citrus. Because most citrus trees, or many citrus trees, don't want to go below, say, 19 degrees, mm-hmm. which we had. So next week, we're going to start off. <laughs> we're going to start the show we're, off with we're microclimates. We always run out of time. I know. I wish talk we about, had more time. We're going to talk about about 10 things to do to recognize that microclimate.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mike. It's always a pleasure having you on. And Paul said, Mike, I was five when you started landscaping. Love (laughs) you, my friend. (laughs) Coming up, you don't want to miss out on affordable, affordable health care.